0: Welcome on in here on a Monday morning of the morning after. It's 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. I am Tyler Trembauer going three wide on this morning's show as we'd like to thank you for tuning on in to start your day off right. We're not sure if we started our day off right here on the morning after um, as we got Tubby as well as Mr. Fenner settling on in here on today's show as we're going to go three wide for the full hour talking Borough Football, NFL, the likes uh sorry for the delayed start as it's already nine o five almost like a baseball game start here at the borough, but you know we had to take care of uh some visitors from campus police this morning well, actually mostly tubby did mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of hung him out to dry uh tubby got a nice little written warning for a faulty equipment. I feel like someone's told you that before maybe maybe women
1: no it it everything has worked
0: everything's good. I Everything's mean, right. good. Just, just, faulty, just faulty equipment on the radio, uh, or on, on the car. On the car. Just saying, because, you know, I've been married for, uh, well, this March it'll be 15 years. That's nice. Going strong. That's right. Happy belated birthday to you as well.
2: Thanks. I appreciate it. Happy birthday once again through another medium. Right. Through another medium. I feel like I hit you on like three or four different ones. You yeah. You hit, like hit me like on Facebook. Minutes. You hit me on Twitter. Yeah, see, but here's the thing. I got, I got to complain
0: about that. When we, Fender and I both said happy birthday to you on Facebook, um, all we got was a Thanks.
1: Like, nothing else. Do you realize I had, like, 76 people rate me happy birthdays? 76, that's it? So I responded to everybody with the same thing. So I didn't want to... You didn't want to favor someone else over so, over someone else? Exactly. I, right. g- I gave the
0: same love to everybody that wrote on my wall. All right, Mr. Titusville. So uh, you got five days to fix your lighting equipment. Right. So hit, hit us right up here in the Compton lot. So maybe watch out. Campus police on the search today. <laughs> Nonetheless, yeah, make they, sure your lights are working. Yeah, they caught me on, riding dirty, they caught you riding dirty, and I was riding with. Yeah, that, that was the dirty part.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I brought the dirty, you were yeah, riding, you we brought the dirty. The anyway. Dirty bird.
0: So we're going to try to keep it clean here for the next 53 minutes on the morning after we're going to start, um, you know, we'll go borough football to start off with now that Fenner's here getting his, getting his laptop fired up and fired up is the word. Cause I mean, it's a pretty old laptop and, uh, <laughs> then moving into NFL and then going to finish off with a big announcement. I don't know how big it, I don't want to blow it up too big, but we got a nice announcement coming on the morning after here at the end. I, I, I I'm going to share neither Fenner nor tubby know this. So I'm going to keep it. I'm keeping it to, uh, to myself. Um, so it's this, not
2: uh, this is going to have me on edge for about 52 minutes now. It's 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 a good <laughs> announcement. It's, it's a good
0: announcement. It's, I'm not announcing my resignation yet. That's tomorrow. Oh, oh, darn, so okay. darn so, it. One more so, day. One more day. Exactly. Got to get through it.
1: He's like McCown. He keeps hanging around. <laughs> Which <laughs> um, one? Both, <laughs> Either of them. <laughs> both are
0: still around too long. Um, anywho. We have uh, NFL football, Borough Borough football talk today, of course, Um, a lot of different things to touch on pigskin-wise. So let's just dive right into Borough football with uh, Saturday's match right here, or excuse me, game at Sox Harrison Stadium, Uh, California University of Pennsylvania, 37, Edinburgh 30, if you didn't get to see, hear, watch the game on Saturday, um, the Vulcans moved to three and one overall, one and zero in PSAC play, zero and four through the Fighting Scots fall, zero and one in PSAC West play. And uh, man, what a game this one was! A really a real shootout, if you ask me. Something that I don't think anybody was expecting this type of performance from Edinburgh um, in this contest. But they played the best game they've played all year. Held Cal to very few points in the first half. A team that scored 75 in the first half of their three three first games combined. At the half, this was a 16 to nine game. Fenner, and now they were in it late. I mean, Edinburgh was going blow for blow in the. They were tied in the second half. Both teams scored 21 points in the second half. So they they were they were going blow for blow in the second half. Uh, Edinburgh was just. I mean, actually. I don't even know what to make of this game. It was so back and forth, just such a shootout that I think this was the biggest roller coaster Edinburgh's been on all year to the point where, mm-hmm. I mean, there were so many points we thought, oh, this game's going to be done. I mean, it was almost 30-9 to 9 at one point, and then it was like, well, Edinburgh's just down now. There was a safety. I mean, there was just so much in this game that was just putting me personally on an emotional roller coaster, and I can't imagine you because your emotions are more in a tizzy than mine.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, you know, you hate to throw the words moral victory out, but you almost want to label it with that because – I was really impressed with the resolve and the ability of this team not to fold. I mean, you could look at a 30 to 9 deficit uh, for an offense that's only averaged less than 12 points per game coming into this week. And you could have said, here we go again. You know, this isn't the script we want to see. It's the same kind of deal for this game. But everybody bounced back. I mean, even the defense, (coughs) you know, certainly 37 points allowed. It's not what you want but it's the PSAC. It's a pass-happy league. It's a good offense on the other side. I still think in situational spots, the defense played well, but the offense, we saw a whole new dimension uh, with what this passing attack can be and what they want it to be, and I think you saw a lot of progress made uh, in terms of what they've wanted to do all season. Right, yeah, the running, or excuse me, the passing
0: uh, was really surprising, if you if you want to say it that way. Just the way that this that it went with Jake Sisson having career high days in multiple categories, looking at his line 22 for 32, 281 yards, four touchdowns, the two picks only sacked once. Uh, that was a, that was the best day we've seen from Sisson in his career. Two great passes that just stick out one to Darren Massey that he just perfectly floated in there. And another one, to Alex Caratelli, who was streaking down the sideline that he hit in stride, perfectly put it in Caratelli's basket and he took it right to the house. So two great passes from Sisson on that day. Um, Still two interceptions and one that came at a costly time late in the game. But there's definitely progress there. Um, Coach Browning said to you after the game, Mike, that he really was impressed with Sisson and thought that he played a very good game. And, and even Darren Massey spoke to Sisson about, his, about a, as far as a leader in the huddle and on the field. Uh, what, what did you feel uh, about Jake's performance on Saturday? Um, obviously numbers will show that there was vast improvement, but taking the whole thing in the scope.
2: I think it was a guy that came into the locker room, came out of that locker room in the third quarter, fired up, really wanted to make plays. Uh, and I think he didn't try and press too much. I don't think he was trying you know, to force a certain decision that he needed to make. I think he try- right. he just kind of let the game come to him, let his playmakers get open and find him. Uh, he was extremely accurate in that third quarter. And I think what Darren was talking about was that communication and that leadership and that poise in, in the in the huddle. I think he was a great leader. On Saturday, and that's what they've been looking for. Now it's about putting it all together, having that consistency. uh, And then, like you said, with the red zone turnover, just an unfortunate timed, unfortunately timed interception. uh, But really, so close to putting it all together, and you can see why they believe he's their guy.
0: Right. He was able to take him right down the field, just wasn't able to finish it there at the end. Um, And, you know, he did do a lot of great things in that game and shown a lot of progress. Overall, this team showed a lot of great progress as a unit, uh, something that we really honestly didn't expect. I mean, you didn't. You, there's no way you could have gone in this game and ex- and expected Edinburgh to only lose by seven points.
1: Right. I, I mean, we had talked at length, at great length, about Cal's scoring ability in the first half. And watching the game at home, seeing that Edinburgh was able to keep them down to only 16 points in the first half, <clears throat> I was like, holy cow, we have a legit shot. I thought we were going to hold them again and then be able to actually come out with a win. Have a have a uh, a shocker of a win, you know, right. and I just an upset. I I don't know. Hey, hats off to the defense. I think they really they really balled out, you know, and we're going full out, especially with that getting that safety mm-hmm. at at the beginning, which they got last year against Cal too. I believe you guys brought that up on the broadcast as mm-hmm. well, right? Um, and it I don't know. It was amazing. I I thought I was really rooting for them, and I, I thought they were they were really going to pull this one out. I thought the I thought the on- offense was a little bit ineffective in the first half. I believe I I did tweet out that the offense was about as effective as me on a diet. But uh, I did see that one scroll across. <laughs>
0: you know, so kind of let that one hang
1: there. Yeah, I, I, I kind of would have been upset if I was the defense. I would have been upset with our offense at the first half. But coming out firing the way they did in the second half, I I truly believe that we were in it all the way to the end. Right,
0: yeah, and we were. And, you know, one thing in that first half, though, that I think allowed Cal to, uh, you know, or allow Edinburgh to limit Cal was that Edinburgh was dominating the time of possession in the first half with their running game. Mm -hmm. They've been trying to run the ball, but they did it the most successful they ever have this season. On that day, Uh, I remember looking early on in the contest and Edinburgh was winning that time of possession Mm -hmm. by like 12 minutes to five minutes in the first, you know, in that first quarter and change in that first half of the contest. And, you know, Jamal Evelard came came to play only 27 total carries in this game, but a lot of the running attack included Jake Sisson. A lot of times, whether it was designed or whether it was just his last option, decided to tuck that thing down, and he picked up considerable yards on almost every carry, um, 20, 30 yards in the rushing. He had seven carries for, for um, 53 yards of a net, and, of course, that includes sacks because this is college football. So, you know, gained 66 yards on the ground, losing 13. So, I mean, 53 is the net, but still a good running attack with him, and Jamal Evelard, Corey Bell, Complimenting that, Jamal Evelard, the leading rusher, um, well, tying system with 53 yards, but he had 12 carries. Um, I, I like that we saw more Evelard in this one, and I hope we I see that from, from more from him because, as you saw, he can really explode as soon as he gets the ball, and he hits that hole hard. And he's almost, as Mike brought up, He's, he's at, he almost averages five yards a touch. He averaged a little over four yards a carry on Saturday, and... If you need to pick up two, three solid yards on a third down, Jamal Evelard's got to have the ball in his hands if you're going to put the ball on right. the ground. I, I don't o- think otherwise, we, you got to give the Darren Mask in the air. We,
1: we don't manage that stat the yards after contact, do we? I don't I don't manage I, any stat. I, you don't, don't want me managing is. any numbers. Right, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, given your math record. But I really do believe that, uh, you know, once he hits that initial contact, he's able to, to spin. I mean, he's a tough get to try to get down. I mean, the guys, can't, right. the guys can't really wrap up on him. He's just like a big old wrecking ball coming through there.
0: Right, yeah, he really is, and uh, I mean, he did a great job, um, did that offensive unit, and you know, finally got Alex Caratelli in it, Mike, that's a guy that you've been waiting on the edge of your seat to be able to say his name, that Robert Morris transfer, had a lot of um, hype coming into it, six catches, 147 yards, one touchdown, that being a long 57-yard pass I alluded to earlier, that Sisson hit him in stride, Caratelli, what does he bring to this receiving core if he can now? This is now two weeks that we've seen an increased um, workload for him. If he continues to be a consistent contributor to this receiving core, what can he do? Matching him with Massey, Hollenbeck, and you know, if we finally get the tight ends moving in there too.
2: Well, I think he's a really great complement to what Darren Massey does. Massey is the guy that's going to work himself open in the middle of the field, those short to intermediate routes, and then you've got the potential of Hollenbeck and Caratelli streaking down the sidelines. And you saw Caratelli put that <clears throat> to uh, put that to an example on Saturday he's a great guy on the outside can stretch the field but I also was impressed with how much they used him over the middle of the field as well you saw a lot of post patterns getting him maybe deep middle of the field it really stretched out the Vulcan secondary that is a pretty good group I mean let's be honest that's a really good group back there Uh, but these receivers were able to get open and because of that you saw a passing attack that's that's been waiting and starving for these results and finally they were able to get it done Uh, he can really provide a huge threat to the offense but the one thing I wanted to point out that I noticed uh, yesterday that I was really impressed with uh, most in this game with the offense is the balance despite going down by 21 points in the third quarter with under seven minutes left in that you only saw a differential of five between pass and run 32 passing attempts for Sisson sure you could argue that's a lot but it's not right in the respect of what he's done earlier this 40 season. to 50 exactly and 27 runs that's the balance that they're looking for. and they got Is that Burrow football? I think so. And that's 131 yards on the ground, nearly 300 through the air. That's exactly what you're shooting for. That's going to get you those 30 points. That's going to give you a chance to win. And I think that's got to be encouraging. And maybe it gives the offense some tangible results they needed to see.
0: Right, yeah, that was a great offensive performance over and over again, unfortunately just falling a little bit too short. As we mentioned, that costly interception at the wrong time. Um, but otherwise, Sisson had a great day. Caratelli stepping up there and Massey with three touchdowns, um, you know, coming off a week when he only had two catches. You see the difference in this offense when Massey has the ball in his hands to when he doesn't. You know, just look at ESU when they struggled. He only had two catches. And the thing is, I think you got to get him started early. They, they waited a little bit too long last week, and they almost did it again this past Saturday, but they got him involved. And about the third series of for Edinburgh offensively, and then he finally clicked and got going. Talk about the defense real quick. I mean, Tubby Tubby lauded them a little bit earlier about this defensive unit, and we touched on it too. Before we hit our first break, this defense did a great job. I mean, holding a team to you know that's scoring 75 combined points in the first half in the first three games to just what was that 16 they had in the first half going to locker room it was 16 to nine. But you know they they had they had an experience they had a lot of experienced playmakers. They needed to stop. They had Kawan Scott. They had a Jane. They had a James Harris. They had um J, they had Franklin third in the running back. And you know they did a great job holding this team. The the stats might not show it. Obviously putting up 37 points is is you know a lot Lot, but I mean when you're playing Cal that's kind of minimal and you know Franklin still had a day I told it I said it during the broadcast I don't mm-hmm. think you can stop him you just got to contain him I mean he had he had um, 196 yards on 31 carries and and Cal ran the ball with ease I retweeted this, st- this stat yesterday uh, Cal had their first 300 yard rushing performance since 2008 Cal has never run the ball better in seven years
1: right well I mean I noticed that when they were running the ball, they would do like a sweep to the outside. They really weren't getting that big gains like up through the middle between they had a problem trying to run through. Not until the the second half. Yeah. The
0: second half was when that fell apart, and I mentioned the second half. A lot of gaping holes were opening up, right. and we thought that was just because the defense was getting fatigued a little bit. because they're, they're on were, the field so Right, much. there was right. times where there was just quick three and or that one time that Burrow, you know, the turnover, and then Edinburgh gets the next possession and then turns it over themselves again. So by the time you just got your helmet off and maybe got a squirt of water, you were back out on the field strapping it up again right. in the huddle. So, you know, when you're getting tired there, I think that's when they were giving
1: up a lot of gains on the ground right and i think it would have been a different game too had they been able to to contain on the edges a little bit more and uh get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback but you know i mean give it up to him for for slugging it out as long as they did you know i just i don't know i'm kind of impressed and, I, and i'm hopeful towards the end of the season i mean that was their first that was their first in conference mm-hmm. opponent right so in now the they're division down, opponent yeah. in division opponent so they're down oh one in the division right I mean it's still not a it's not a great place to be but given that they perform so well against one of the the top opponents mm-hmm. in the division I think it gives me hope for the rest of the opponent i think they can pull some more wins out.
0: It certainly does. I mean, it was a roller coaster in itself on Saturday, and you know now the roller coaster of the season is now kind of at a top, at a peak right now, and it makes you makes you interested going into this IUP contest coming up on Saturday. Mike, I just want to get your final thoughts on this Cal game before we put that to rest. Obviously, thirty seven thirty, Cal did everything they wanted to, probably and more, not as with as much ease as they wanted to. Edinburgh did create fits defensively with a new defensive look we saw on Saturday, a four two. Uh, maybe four two five nickel, uh, having a look at that. But one uh, of your what are your final thoughts from this thirty seven to thirty loss at
2: home? On the defensive side, a guy that was absolutely a standout was Gabe Tillman. This guy was everywhere, everywhere on the field. I mean, I felt right. like we were calling his name out constantly on the defensive side, and that's because we were. Twelve solo tackles, sixteen total stops, and a fumble recovery. I mean, this guy was everywhere, and he's what they <coughs> need him He's what they need at that linebacker spot, especially without Mike Shansky. Uh, and then you had some other guys step up and perform as well. Trey Hall, a freshman linebacker, comes up with his first career interception. Ball hits him right in the chest. Kind of knocked the wind out, I think, right, uh, yeah. when he went down to the ground. Armani Davis with a big tackle for loss uh, on a third down to get the ball back for that final possession for Edinburgh. You had a lot of guys in the front seven step up and perform. And, and like you said, I think that 4-2-5, 4 look uh, – avoiding the 3-4 from now. I think they're going to kind of ditch that and go with yeah. the four-down line, and I think it'll help. It'll take a little bit of time to get adjusted again because uh, it's not what they did in camp. It's not what they did the first three weeks. Uh, but I think that that's the way to go with the personnel this team has.
0: Certainly, yeah. So, again, the 37-30 to loss for Edinburgh this Saturday at home against Cal. Um, let's real quick talk... Um, Let's real quick just go around the PSAC. A lot of a very interesting day in the conference. If you didn't get a chance to look at the scoreboard, let's run this down quickly here. Um, obviously, this is not the place you're coming for scores, but get some quick analysis from Fenner. Uh, obviously, the 37 to 30 loss for Edinburgh. The game that I had my eye on all Saturday and it was very interesting. Clarion Gannon at Gannon. Clarion moves to 4 and 0 overall on the year. With a 47 to 31 victory, that was a battle of undefeateds. Tubby and Gannon, who receives national votes in right. the polls, takes the loss at home to Clarion, who's in their first year with a new regime. In there, is now 4 and 0, 1 and 0 in the West.
1: Brilliant! I love it. Interesting. I love it. That's going to be just, interesting. just because they played Gannon. I love it. You know, it, it's like it's like when the it's like when the Bengals play the Steelers. I always root for the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Because I, I don't, you know. And Fenner admitted
0: that he now has more respect for Clarion after that win.
1: I told, yeah, I told you
2: going into the game on Saturday, if they kept it within 17, not won it by 16, I would have the respect of Clarion. So, you know, yeah, that's right. I, you know, that's an yeah. impressive win. Hit the that's applause a big button. I'm going to have to. I'm
0: trying to. I'm trying to. Oh there we go. Goodness. There we go. There it is. <laughs> Clarion. Good work, Clarion.
2: No, but honestly, that's a team that was picked dead last in the West out of eight teams. Gannon's picked second. A, yeah, legitimate, a legitimate playoff contender for the NCAA Division II playoffs and also for the PSAC West and the conference as a whole. <laughs> and that's their uh, their West opener. And they lose it by 16. I mean, that's just despicable if you're Coach Ryzycki. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say. He was not happy. Can. That guy
0: gets fired up easily. I w- I'm just happy I didn't have to like deal with him on Saturday. Right. Uh, but Clarion, I'm just kind of excited because I think that's going to make homecoming more interesting now. I mean, Clarion has another tough game this week. They got Mercyhurst who also um, was undefeated going into this past week, and we'll get, on, we'll get to that in a few minutes. And uh, then Clarion comes to Borough for our homecoming on October 10th. So that should be one heck of a contest uh, for homecoming. I hope everyone packs a stadium for that. Another contest that was very surprising that it was this close, East Stroudsburg 37, Lockhaven 34. Lockhaven winless going into this one, right? Mm-hmm. East Stroudsburg coming off a 56-12 to mm-hmm. defeat of Edinburgh a week ago. Hits the road to Lockhaven, not a far drive. Almost loses this game, just wins by a field goal.
2: Yeah, I think there's something about that ESU defense uh that not very good. Yeah, I don't know. They they don't they don't impress me a whole lot. They have talent. I just don't think <clears throat> they can put it all together. Their offense, there's no question about how great that is, but very, very shaky on the defensive side. That's a really curious score to me. I, I would have liked to have seen that Seen that one.
0: game. Yeah, right, definitely. Um. So now a team that Edinburgh will be going to this week, IUP this Saturday. Uh, that's a 2 p.m. kickoff at IUP for the Crimson Hawks' homecoming, which Edinburgh squashed two years ago. I mean, you still had homecoming. They just kind of ruined it a little bit. Yeah. Um. So IUP beats <laughs> Mercyhurst 35-14 to 14 in this one. Mercyhurst, again, undefeated going into this contest. I believe IUP was... Two and one, Mike, correct me? Two and one. So. Um, so a big win for IUP. Uh, Mike, you have you have strong uh, feeling that Burrow
2: can maybe do some damage this Saturday, right? Yeah, I, I have a feeling that within you know this beginning part of the season, I thought that IUP was the one to circle. Uh, certainly you don't want to see this sort of result because Mercyhurst is a tough defense, a tough team, and IUP went into their building and, and took care of business in a big way. But I, I certainly think this could be a team that you take advantage of some weaknesses over. So that was that one. And going into the Eastern Division
0: now, uh, real quick, we had Kutztown 34, Cheney nothing. Not surprising there. Um, Westchester 48, Millersville 3. Millersville able to get a field goal on the board. So they've scored three points in their last eight quarters of play, did the Marauders. Remember, they face Edinburgh week 11. Bloomsburg 17, Shippensburg 6. This was a close contest. Uh, Just basically field goals at the half. Kind of reminded me of the Rams-Steelers game yesterday for a little bit. You know, just a low-scoring contest. And then the last one, probably the most shocking of them all. Seton Hill 41, Slippery Rock 38. Slippery Rock ranked as high as 17th in polls this week, in the national poll. Undefeated, defending PSAC champion, dismantled East Stroudsburg two weeks ago, loses to Seton Hill.
2: That's right. Loses to Seton Hill. Mike must have been pretty comfortable after that seventy-five nothing shellacking of Millersville. Not that that should. Yeah, do they that's scored th- seventy-five points the week before. <laughs> not that that should do anything for your confidence, considering the opponent. No offense. I mean, that's still impressive. Right, but, but you play Millersville. Yeah, not softball. That's absolutely shocking to me, though. And Seton Hill. Let's not forget they're without wide receiver FJ Williams, who transferred in the offseason to Mercyhurst, a team that clearly couldn't utilize him on Saturday either. Yeah, they, so. that didn't work out too well. What a what a wacky wild That's sat the Saturday.
0: biggest win for them. I saw it like their biggest win in program like history. I think like there's an, there's some there's there's another game that they like upset someone, but that's easily one of the top three biggest wins for the Seton Hill football
1: program forever. Right. So right. how does this now that we're entering divisional play, how does this shake out? I mean, does this change attitudes? Are the are the tough teams still tough? Well anything's are up to the, the grabs under, now.
0: Right? I mean, the way I said it is that Edinburgh, you know, can still run, could be 0-3, still, you know, run the table in the West and still go to, the, go to the championship game and represent the West. And, you know, we have the defending champion lose on the first day of divisional play and the first day of that conference record's going to stand. I mean, it's a wild, so wild West out there.
1: So, so what I hear you're saying is there's a chance.
2: It seems that way. I mean, there's a chance. There's a chance. The top three in the West are upended, and one home team, being Seton Hill, wins on Saturday. Wins, right. Yeah. It's a glass half full to think, hey, anyone can be, can be beat, anyone can beat anybody. But then you also look at a Clarion and a Seton Hill uh, for future games on the schedule. Maybe you thought were gimmies. Aren't. Now it's, it's really up to every game. Week by week, anybody can win in this conference. I think that was the absolute proof shown on Saturday in this conference.
1: So do we use the phrase any given Saturday? Any given Saturday is probably so. <laughs> accurate
0: or Thursday because we got Mercyhurst and Gannon on a Thursday. But any given night that Edinburgh is going to kick that one off, it's uh, it's it's I don't know. It's going to be wild, wild west as I said out there. So that's very interesting uh, for the week four in the PSAC, week one of divisional play. Wild stuff going on. Right. Couldn't believe some of these scores coming on in here. Uh, but Edinburgh will go to IUP next week. IUP now three and one. Heading into this Saturday's contest, going home for homecoming. That is a 2 o'clock kickoff you will hear right here in 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio with Mike and I on the call. We will preview that matchup on Friday, Tubby. Right. So you don't have to go solo. We're leaving Saturday morning. Awesome. The the next time you will not have us on a Friday will be week 11. Okay. Because we'll be heading to Millersville unless we go to the PSAC championship game.
1: Okay. I can handle that. Because that
0: can be flexed.
1: But, but as, as one final shout out to the uh, to the Borough football players, I know several of them do tune into our show okay. and, and catch our podcast on com. I'd just like to say that, you know what? The division is up for grabs, right? Oh, yeah. So right. the fruit's there. The table's set, boys. Are you going to sit down and eat or are you going to walk away? Choice is yours. It's there. Go get it, gentlemen. That's all I got to say. There you go. That was I'm your good. motivational
0: speech from Tubby on this day as he leaves Fenner hanging for the fist pump in the studio. That was oh, i sorry. That was quite awkward I, I didn't
1: even see it. It was. Fen-
0: Fenner's going to go hide his head in shame on our first break. It's 9.30 <laughs> already, and we're taking our first break. We're going hard. We're going to go into the National Football League now. Doing as work. As we continue on here on the morning after. 9.34 here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. This is the morning after here on... The Dial, also on EdinburghNow.com and on the TuneIn app on mobile devices. I'm Tyler Trumba, I believe I said that already. That's Tubby and that's Fenner going three wide here on a Monday morning, a rainy Monday morning. Back to the borough that I know and kind of love. Don't know why I'm living in it. Um, <laughs> I like the warm. I like the sun, not the, the cold and the rain. Well, it's Should, not really cold.
1: Should have gone to Arizona State then.
0: <laughs> that Just was sing. my dream school.
1: Hey, 66, I know it. Hey, sixty-six is not that
0: bad. Right. That's why I said it's not that cold. But yeah. I mean, Arizona State was my dream school. But you know what? was not a dream. Forty thousand dollars a year. I could have took a year off, gained residency, and then paid half that a year. Right. But I didn't want to take a year off school. You know, I'm on the fast track to getting out of this place. <laughs> well, I am. I'm trying to do it in three years. Okay. I'm not trying to delay it.
1: Right. And well, I'm done. But I'm it. just saying though that going here to Burrow builds character. Because if you can make it through Borough and you can make it through the winter, you can make it through anything. Well said. And if you made it through
0: Edinburgh, you're planning on graduating December. If you are, you must fill out the new online graduation application located in Scott's on your My Edinburgh portal. You'll also be able to indicate if you want to attend the commencement ceremony on December 12th. Don't delay. Do that today.
2: I'll tell you what. That's smooth. The last two times I've been in here, the segues have just been flawless to that. See, the tubby set me up well. I got to give it I it did. I did. I
1: opened the, the door. I lobbed one in there. And I hit it right out of the park. I don't know about that's, you. That's though. professionalism right there. <laughs> that it we is. We need our own national show. Yeah. I'm riding his coattails all the way to ESPN. You watch. Hey <laughs> <Day> true. <two>! Going <laughs> into
0: the NFL right now, uh, we got a lot of good, good Sunday action going on here. Um, a lot of games that are a little surprising maybe. Um, a lot of close contests too. I like CBS. It was kind of whipping me around to a couple games there at the end that I liked watching. I'm still doing the cable thing. Um, haven't, haven't, gone, haven't moved to the luxurious penthouse uh, Sunday ticket that Fenner gets. Um, but well, any you're like
2: Peyton Manning with those little legs. Missing leg day.
0: I know. I'm missing leg day. I, I haven't had Well, Fenner
1: doesn't live that far away. I mean, why would you pay for the ticket if Fenner has it and just roll Fenner over to Fenner doesn't House? invite me over? Oh.
0: You're coming over this Sunday then. He invited me over once, and I wasn't even in Edinburgh.
1: <laughs> Stop by John's. Get some I w- wings on the way. I don't even like wings. Fender does. I'm saying. Oh, do you like wings? It's Fenders? about the host. It's not about the guest. Nine.
0: It's nine thirty-seven. I haven't talked about the NFL yet. We got to get on this.
1: <laughs> All right. So,
0: Falcons Cowboys going to start with that game. Not just because it's the first one that popped up, but thirty-nine twenty-eight Falcons win. They move to three and zero on the year. The Cowboys two and one. Now, coming out of this game, does this tell you more about the Falcons and that they're a legit team, or does this tell you that the Cowboys are going to be in more trouble than they actually want to lead on without Des Bryant and and uh, Tony Romo? Someone.
2: I'm not going to lie to you, not to be disagreeable, I don't think it says either one. Really? What does it tell you then? What, what, are you, what are you gleaning from this contest? I think Atlanta was fortunate with the matchup, and I think Dallas didn't play as bad as people expected them to, and I think their offense performed better than people expected exactly. them to. I, I hate to say goal. it. Not, For two quarters. Not to disagree with you, I just, that's the no, way I'm just I, that's asked, that, I Those are the two questions I thought someone was going to take from it, but, you know. Not to say Atlanta's a bad 3-0 team, but... Right. uh I don't know how, how much of a contender they are, but I mean right now their offense, there's no one doubting that. They look very, very good.
1: I, I can't disagree. I mean, what do you want me to say? I, I got nothing. All right. I got nothing. I'm He's got nothing. See,
0: I, I kind of, I don't know. I don't know whether it's just because I'm an Eagles fan I want to believe this. I don't think the Cowboys are that good with Brandon. I mean, Brandon Whedon didn't play terrible. Don't get me wrong. No. But, I mean, I think sure. the Falcons are legit, too. I think yep. it's a little bit of both. I think the Cowboys are not as good as they're going to think they are without, their, without Romo and Dez. And also, don't forget, Witten's a little banged up, too. He did suit yep. up and play, but he had some injuries nagging him during the week. And I think Atlanta's legit. Dan Quinn, I think, is an unbelievable coach. He's probably going to win Coach of the Year, I think, in Atlanta. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. the way he's just rallying troops there right now, I mean, when you're down that much in the first half, come back, and then just your defense just shut outs the Cowboys the Cowboys in the, in the third and fourth quarter, that's that's impressive. Now let's go to a game that hit near and dear to Fenner's heart. Colts 35, Titans 33. I spoke about it, the, that CBS was whipping me around the end of games. This was the one game it did whip me around too. The Titans had to go for the two-point conversion in the fourth quarter. Just a little too short. Too late in this one. Colts survive 35-33 with 21 fourth-quarter points for the Colts, and they survive and don't fall to 0-3, which Fenner predicted because he didn't think the Colts were going to fall, and Titans to fall to 0-2. A a distraught Marcus Mariota was seen on the sidelines at the end of that contest. Just thought that one was in hand. Uh, 27 for 44 was the former Oregon Duck. 367 yards through the air, two touchdowns in this one. But watch out for Frank Gore. 86 yards on the ground, two touchdowns for him and probably his best performance as a Colt to date. Uh, give me your analysis from your your Titans falling to one and
2: two. I'll tell you what. I know you're not going to like it, but they dominated this game. There's oh. no way they should have lost this game. None. They were outgaining the Colts by almost 200 yards, leading 27 to 14, and one of the, 14, one of the two touchdowns to make it 14 for the Colts was a fluky ball that got tipped up in the air for an interception return for a touchdown, Mariota's first career pick as well. Yeah,
0: another pick six. So you can all get off Jameis Winston's back. Yeah.
2: I'm all just it saying. Took, it took Marcus three weeks, though. It took Jameis one pass. All right, all right. No, but seriously, Tennessee dominated this game. There's no way they should have lost this game. 27-14 right. in front. <clears throat> the total yardage. The time of possession at one point was 32 minutes and change to not even 15. Hmm. This was a team that doesn't have a great rushing attack that took control of the game on possession and dominated. It was two critical turnovers that did them in, and they never should have been in a situation where they had to go for two to tie the game. Uh, Very disappointing and outstanding performance outside of two plays for Marcus Mariota. But, hey, you know what? Give credit where credit's due. Andrew Luck did his thing, and they took advantage of the opportunity. I mean, I told you the Colts were going to win. You did. Uh, I don't know. Anguish. So,
0: And Indianapolis avoids that dreaded 0-3, as we mentioned on Friday. Only three teams since 1990 have started 0-3 and made the postseason. One of them was the Colts, though, back in the 90s. Yep. So moving on there. Now we'll go to uh, the heart and soul of Mr. Tubby, um, who apparently is not happy. I've been told on Twitter multiple no. times that he's no. not happy No. about this. <laughs> Oakland 27, Cleveland 20. The Browns fall to one and two. Oakland wins for what the first time in the
1: since 89? What on the no, road? I don't know. No, about that. it's like the no, it's the first. Cleve-
0: no, because it was there was something about winning in the Eastern Time Zone too.
1: Yeah, this is like it's been a long time. It's been a long time for them, but this is like the first time they've beaten the Browns in Cleveland. Yeah, since like eighty nine.
0: Right. Yeah, I was I was talking about the, the time yeah, zone. Yeah. No, one, it's like the
1: road. It's like the first time in like fourteen games or something like that. Yeah, 14 they've done road that. Games they've so
0: won. nonetheless, it was in the Eastern Time Zone at Cleveland. And Oakland wins Latavius Murray, Murray, excuse me, 139 yards, one touchdown on the ground. Amari Cooper, Could ruck. not be stopped. 134 yards on eight catches. The
1: Brownies fall to one and two, Tubby. What you feeling? <laughs> we'll be lucky if we win another game. We're competing for the number one draft pick. It's, I mean, it's complete pandemonium. I mean, Brown's Twitter is just ready to burn it all down, fire everybody, get rid of everybody. <clears throat> cuz that's worked I, so well in the past. Exactly. I I mean it's it's stupidity at this point and they're hitting the panic button, but it's there's no reason why McCown should have started that game. None. No reason whatsoever. You think
0: Johnny Manziel starts that game, you win?
1: I don't think it would have been closer. Um there was a lot of times when McCown had a lot and I mean a lot of underthrown balls. Mm-hmm. It was like every other pass he couldn't he couldn't connect with Benjamin um Granted, part of it might have been Benjamin's fault because he's just too stinking fast. Mm-hmm. But at least Johnny has the ability to throw him open, and like Johnny will just lay it up there, and Benjamin will run under it and catch it. Whereas he had there was a lot of McCown's balls where Benjamin had to try to come back. We never got the run game established. We didn't feed the crow, so that hurt us. We were unable to stop the run inside and outside. We had no contain. There was no real pressure on Carr. Um, Joe Hayden failed against Omari Cooper. It was just all-around failure. And then like at the end of it, uh, Benjamin muffs the punt, and it was just bad, bad all the way around.
2: I think for Oakland, you got to feel really good right now. You're playing three straight weeks against the AFC North, which could be the best division in the AFC, and you own two wins over uh, Cleveland and Baltimore. I don't know how much that really says at this point in the season with the quality on the other side. A loss to Cincinnati, there's no shame in that in the opener. Uh, but you just took two AFC wins against the North with Pittsburgh left. This offense is clicking, and they still have yet to face their divisional uh, their divisional foes in the West.
0: Moving on, Bengals now three and zero, twenty eight twenty four victory over the winless Ravens. They fall to zero and three. Only team in the AFC without a win. Right how how much of a panic are you of your Baltimore? I mean, are you are you closing up shop right now? Mm-hmm. Yes, done. Yes, they're cooked. Now Cincinnati, don't get too high on them. It's only the regular season, right? <laughs> no <Don't laughs> yeah. joke. They'll still choke. Uh, we'll move over to the Patriots-Jaguars game because we don't have time for that nonsense. Tom Brady could potentially have the best season in, of yep, anyone,
1: 51-17, anyone the in the Patriots
0: NFL. Uh, Cle- or yeah, Cleveland, I just talked about that. Carolina, 27, Saints, 22. Again, another battle of undefeated versus always defeated. Carolina, 3-0, New Orleans, 0-3. The Saints without Drew Brees uh, fall just a little bit short in this one. Carolina takes care of business. Um, Greg Olson. Um, For Carolina, eight catches, 134 yards, two touchdowns. Watch out for the Panthers this year, maybe?
1: Panthers, contenders or pretenders? I think
2: they're contenders, especially the Saints. They're 0-3. Count them out. Um, I'll say this. This was an important game for Carolina, considering the undefeated versus always defeated. I like that. Thank you. Against New Orleans. It was an important game, but I think it's smoke and mirrors. I think the Panthers... I think they're probably going to be a playoff team. Uh, either them or Atlanta is going to take this division. It's only going to be one of the two, not both in my opinion. Yeah, They could make the playoffs, but I don't see them making any noise. Potentially two there.
0: playoff teams coming from that division, which a year ago took almost possible. a 500 record to just win the division crown. Right.
2: Yeah. Continuing on,
0: uh, Eagles 24, Jets 17 at MetLife Stadium. Eagles avoid that 0-3 mark, move to 1-2 and on the year. The Jets fall to 2-1. and uh, I want to get your outside per, uh points real quick because you know mine's always biased but um I I'll I'll start off I guess since I let you two talk about your your heart and souls I'm still not impressed the Eagles I'm still scared um I mean Sam Bradford did not look good Ryan Matthews did did very well in relief there was a lot of underthrown balls from Sam Bradford a lot of missed uh receivers a lot of drops too Ryan Matthews missed one that could have gone but there were a, a just, I think more, there was more bad passes from Sam Bradford than anything. But this defense played a heck of a job. And the one thing the Eagles did was they just beat the Jets at their own game. The Jets, for the first, two, um, the first two weeks, had five turnovers in both of those contests. They turned the ball over four times yesterday. And then the Eagles capitalized on that. But the one thing, the Eagles up 24-0 at half, nothing in the second half. And this is something that always happens in the Chip Kelly era. They're, for a guy that's always about go, 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 He's afraid to just put on the gas pedal and just keep it going in the second half. Wasn't in college this guy was putting up sixty some points. Now he's afraid to put up thirty or forty in an NFL contest. Keep scoring.
2: Yeah, I I agree. And the uh, the underthrown balls were way too too way many. too many. Way Sam too
0: Bradford many. did not look good. I am still scared. One one and two you're alive. This division's terrible, so you're still in it. Surprisingly, luckily,
1: but you should far from be happy if you're in. I mean, player. I understand you're pointing out all the issues with the Eagles and all that stuff, but. They still won the game,
0: right? A win's a win. Right. I know, Against but the I think undefeated Jets team too.
1: Here is the funny thing, though. I believe that they kind of exposed <laughs> the Jets for who the Jets are, and I really I thought all along that the Jets were pretenders, and I am really happy that the Eagles got the win. Well, out the of Jets
0: this. are no different than they were when Rex Ryan was there. It's built on defense. They don't have an offense, and until they figure that out, they're not really going to do much because right. without that defensive take- takeaways, they didn't have anything. But the Eagles twenty four seventeen. Don't forget, I mean, one of them did come on a special teams return, so it's not really like the offense is putting up a lot of points here. Moving on, Tampa Bay 9 to the Texans who get the win with 19 points. Texans now 1-2. and two. Buccaneers fall to 1-2. and two. I don't really know about this team. I mean, the Texans don't even have a starting quarterback right now between Mallett and Hoyer. I don't know what they're doing. Tampa Bay is just going to be Tampa Bay. I mean, they put up nine points in the second quarter. Jameis Winston nearly 300 yards through the air but can't get
1: the win. Again, the Texans need to go after RG3. I'm just saying, saying. that. I keep saying it and I think it should happen. They need to make the deal. Get me their GM on the phone. I will convince him. I can make it happen. Call Tubby. Call Tubby Chargers.
0: Chargers Vikings. Vikings moved to 2 and 1 on a year 31 to 14 victory over the Chargers. Philip Rivers 21 for 34, 246 yards, one touchdown, but AP again running him hard, 20 carries, 126 yards, two touchdowns. The Vikings legit
1: 2 and 1? Could be, could be, but they're still in that same division with the pack.
2: Go pack go. I liked him so as a wild card contender. I like I them wild quite card. a bit. I liked them going into the this season. This is early yet, folks. No, yeah. I, I liked him coming into the year though. I think it's a big year for Bridgewater. Uh, I think the defense is underrated. Teddy. And uh, I thought this was a very important win over a quality San Diego team, despite looking at the record.
0: All right, moving on. Coming home here, Pittsburgh gets the win, twelve to six over St. Louis. Rams fall to one and two. Steelers move to two and one. But the most costly win of them all, probably on a Sun this past Sunday, as Big Ben goes down. Sounds like he—it's not going to be too too bad. No, but it's he's a sprain. Mo- but he, he's probably going to be out this week. For the, the definitely the comment week, is. He says is for- I mean, they haven't made an official thing, but reports, right? Four to six. Right? Four to six.
1: It'll probably most likely be four, four weeks that he'll be out, which means they're going to be relying on Mike Vick and the rest of yeah, the offense. Yeah, they are Mike Vick. But uh, you know, I still think, you know, I still, I still like the Steelers to take the division. I really do. I think I don't think it'll matter all that much, but I don't know. Time will tell, and uh, that's all. Pretty much all I got to say about that. Quickly moving on, four more games to get through before we hit our last
0: break and then talk about Monday night and the big announcement. We have St. Louis and Arizona. This game was just the, – the late games yesterday were Ugly. horrible. Arizona wins 47-7. to They move to 3-0. and Their biggest thing, protect Carson Palmer. The same thing happened last year.
2: Why was he in that game? Oh, that was inexcusable to me. I don't know why they're keeping him out there and then throwing, too. I mean, that was ridiculous. You knew Arizona was going to win this game. You knew they were going to win big. Why in the world is he throwing the ball in the fourth quarter late too much? You're right. That is the absolute number one key for this team. It happened to to them last year.
0: Why have they not learned? Yeah, I mean, that right. costs them, really, their chances in the playoffs. Not Definition of
1: insanity, doing the same things over and over again and expecting a different result. Yep, Bruce Arians, and clown. Moving on,
0: Buffalo-Miami, a game that I saw or at least pretended to see. Bills win 41-14 to over Miami. Ryan Tannehill, still a joke as a quarterback, 26 for 49, 297 yards, two touchdowns, three INTs, which would have been the worst of the day, except when Colin Kaepernick plays, you can always be safe. I love the Bills. They're my new team. The Bills 2-1, and one, Dolphins 1-2. One and two. Um, I mean the Dolphins. I think this is just the Dolphins you expect all the time. Just not going to do anything. They'll probably be mediocre once again. You know, and the thing is, when you're mediocre, which I know as a Sixers fan, you never get that high draft pick. Yeah. That's why the Sixers started tanking because when you started when they tried, they were mediocre. When you're 42, when you're 41 or 41, you can't get a good draft pick. Same thing with Miami, and you're eight and eight.
2: Yeah, I think Miami could be looking at a seven win season right now. Their offense is has been far from what people imagine it to be. Not. Innovative or creative at all? It's been nope. really disappointing.
1: Miami Miami's been waiting for the second coming of Marino, and it's just not coming. Yep, it's just not happening. Moving on. Chicago twenty or er,
0: Chicago gets shut out by the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks win twenty six to nothing, and that one Bears fall to zero and three. Jay Cutler, and company, Shocker. They're done. Last one, a Sunday nighter, an interesting Sunday nighter. First time Detroit's been on Sunday night football. Um, Denver moves a three and 0, 24 to twelve win over the Lions, who fall to zero and three. Can the Lions overcome that?
1: No.
2: I don't know why this was ever picked for a Sunday night matchup. This Lions team's not good this year. I don't know why people didn't think that was going to be the case. Denver fo- moves to three. The a have
1: type of Monday night game this year.
0: There you go. Is, so. it, is it later in the year? Yeah. They can flex out of that. Denver 3-0, and Lions 0-3. <laughs> We're going to hit our final break here, our second break only, and then we'll come back, preview Monday night, give the big announcement, don't go anywhere. here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio in our final segment of the morning after here. Tyler Trumbauer, Tubby, and Mr. Michael Fenner here finishing out today's Monday morning edition. We'd like to thank you all for tuning in. You can listen to our podcast on Edinburgh now, which is up there on their SoundCloud account every day, Monday through Friday. Um, and then, of course, you can also listen via Edinburgh Now or on the TuneIn app on mobile devices. One more game in Week Three to talk about, guys. Previewing today's tonight's Monday Nighter: Kansas City at Green Bay. Chiefs one and one, Packers two and zero at Lambeau Field tonight. Um, the line is Green Bay by six. A very nice line should for the Packers more. at home. You think it should be more? So, what? 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 What, what, what do you give me your preview?
1: Going it going into Lambeau is just hard. Right. It's just hard to begin with. And I don't think the I don't think the Chiefs are legit. I don't think they have anything for the pack. And uh, Lacey's back, back, back is Lacy. Don't know if he's in the New York groove, but he's back. He's back. So I, I, I look for Pack to roll in this one. Easy, easy money, easy money. You agree? Uh, I think Green Bay's in good shape. And the funny thing is, these are two of the
2: best home field advantages in all of football. So if Kansas City was at home, truthfully, I might take the Chiefs. And I think whoever's at home could win big also, right, so yeah. it's really I mean, interesting. I
0: almost always, shot, I always go with Kansas City when it's at Arrowhead Stadium, just because of the, as you said, that atmosphere there, the volume of the fans. Right. It's, it's tough to go into Arrowhead and win. And also the, the turf is normally crap, too. Right. So <laughs> I don't know why that. Kind of like St. Louis so, yeah. setting
1: it on fire with their pyrotechnics. How about that? That's ridiculous. In but that hey, Pittsburgh at least game. the ref travels with a turf repair kit. That's one really? prepared guy. Yeah, that's what they said on the broadcast. That's fantastic. That's ridiculous. <laughs> You guys want awesome. some
2: comic relief, real quick, with this Packers score game? No, I'm
1: a Browns fan. I watch comedy every weekend. There you go. Oh, okay. quickly, sir.
2: Aaron Rodgers and James Starks. I have yet to play for my fantasy matchup. Okay. I am down by 130 points. It could happen. I'm not kidding. You're down 130 points. Correct. Start him! I-, I can't even be mad. I'm laughing at it. I was sitting there laughing. Wait. At it so, with, but the guy's done, right?
0: Yeah. The other oh, guy's yeah. done. a 100, and he's up 130. He and has you just 200 points. And you just have Aaron Rodgers. And James Starks. And James Starks, you're not going to
2: do it. Oh, I know. I mean, it, it they're laughing. I've, I've seen
0: go Stranger back, Things. Go,
1: go, pack. I, Come I've on. had, I've <laughs> had, no. I've had,
0: I've had, I forget who it was. I think it was Pate Manning or maybe it was Demarius Thomas, where I've gotten like 80 points in a game once. So it's pop, but I don't think you were gonna get. I mean, the thing is, if Aaron Rodgers gets eighty points in the game, that means he's throwing it and not giving it to James Starks, who
1: you would need to also be running like. Who's, who's not a wide receiver? So right. Let's be so honest. you would need him to either back. be getting those. unless he gets some throws out of the backfield. Yeah. But hey, all, let's all get to the them. surprise. I've been here for fifty some odd minutes, and I'm waiting. I'm dying. Okay, you ready for this?
0: Yes. I wish I had a drum roll. On I don't here. know if I am. Does it include food? No, it does not. Darn I wish it! I, I wish I had a drum. Why roll, did I though. sit here then? Wish I had a drum roll. Nonetheless, it does not include, no, stop. I wish we got to get that on the sounder too. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of things <laughs> going on this sound panel. Um, so, Tubby, I got tired of listening to you talk about Titusville football, youth football. So we're graduating a little bit here. in, in addition, when we go three wide on Fridays, in addition to Fenner talking Burrow football, previewing NFL, we're gonna have a nice little segment every Friday from here on out for the rest of the high school football season. Mister Tommy Reisenweber calling in every Friday morning giving us his Varsity Prime update here on the morning after, talking local high school football, probably Titusville with you, Tubby. Awesome. Just Yay. for you. Just for you. So this Friday he'll be calling in. It'll be our second segment. We'll be calling in about nine fifteen on Friday, every Friday from here on out in the high school football season. One thing I'm interested to talk to him about is that the PIAA is really talking about going to six classifications in high school football. Yep. Um, so interested to get his take on it how that would expect, Uh. you know, and how that Ooh. would affect District 10 out here. I know District 11 back home is loving the idea, but we have a lot bigger schools than you guys do out here. Right. So, um, I mean, that would uh, see yeah, how that affects I think affects we only go up to, what, Quad
1: A? Yeah, well, that's, th- 4, that's
0: all you can do in PIAA right now. They would right. go to 6A. So it'd be like like Texas. It'd be six A, five A, four A, all the way down to single
2: A, obviously. And really around Oof. here, it's only Cathedral Prep, McDowell, and then Dubois, which is District Nine. I mean, it's right. close. It's on the fringe, but yeah, unless they, of, they redistrict it.
1: But still, I mean, because like McDowell and all those guys, they usually have to go out of state, don't they? Play like a lot of Ohio teams. Like they, they brought it. Like they played. They played. Like, play, like they played like Ignatius, Rutgers. and they've played uh, Glenville, I believe. Some yeah. of the other top teams out of Northeast Ohio, which is a tough. Division. Right, yeah. So,
0: I mean, where I'm from, there's more 4As than one A than single As and double As. So, I mean, just kind of all depends there. So, Tommy Rising Webber, every Friday right here in The Morning After on 88.9, Fighting Scats Radio. So, that should be exciting. Can't Tubby.
1: Wait. Thanks for throwing me a bone, boss. I appreciate it.
0: I got you. So, that's all we have for today on Today's Morning After. Thanks to Mike for coming on in and for Tubby being here. We'll be back tomorrow myself, and Chewy, we'll have a lot of different stuff to talk about. Burrow sports mostly because we have women's soccer action tomorrow on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio, 6 o'clock kickoff, with Fenner and I having the call for that one.
1: You can also get Chewy's take on, today was Cavs media day, so a lot of different NBA teams were having their media day today. You can get his take on that. Oh, yeah.
0: Chewy will never shy away for some NBA talks. So well maybe I'll give him a few That's what minutes. I'm
1: saying. There's a softball for Chewy. To, to run rampant. i him out like Oprah. Tomorrow. You get a softball. You get a softball.
0: Thanks, Toby. We appreciate that for throwing us softballs. That's all for us. Thank you all for indulging us on these 60 minutes here in the morning after. Don't go anywhere. Just keep continuing. Keep it locked here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio.